Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And together we are not experts. We are not, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. I'm excited because we're going to kind of get into serums today, but maybe not in the way that you think. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. A little foreshadowing for you. Before we do that, you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to everything we mentioned on the show. Our Twitter is forever35pod. Our Instagram is forever35podcast. And you can join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. You can also shop our fave prods at shopmy.us slash forever35. You can sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. 
And please do call or text us at 781-591-0390 and email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And of course, check out our merch with Balance Bound, balancebound.co slash shop slash forever35. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Sorry, I'm like hopped up on like 8 million medications right now. I might be a little, I don't know if I'm hyper. I don't know if I'm out of my mind. I'm on so many things because I have this like cough infection situation going on, which you can probably hear in my voice a little bit, I think. Yeah. (coughs) I'm sorry. (coughs) Anyway, I've got like, I've got so many things coursing through my body right now. That does not sound fun, I have to say. I'm sorry to force you to record this podcast. No, I, I actually, I don't have a sore throat or anything. It's more just, you know, like the cough is always lurking around every corner. Um, mm, and also I feel... Lurking cough. Oh, it's lurking. Like it's in my body just like wanting to interrupt everything. And, you know, it's funny. It's not funny, but like I, as an adult now, I'm like way more concerned about medicines interacting with each other which like is not something I ever oh sure gave. sure i never thought about that as like a 20 year old but now I mean, yeah like, now i think about Watch it deeply out, yeah oh my god now i like i'm like quizzing my doctor then i like quiz the pharmacist and then i'm like googling my you know it's like i, I don't know we change as we get older and i'm just you know like, can I also take my Prozac with this antibiotic with this inhaler? Okay. You say so. Oh my gosh. Yes. Anyway, hi, Dory. Hello. How are hi, you? Hi, Kate. You know, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm fine. Great. What, <laughs> what am that's I talking good. about? No, that's good. Yeah. Fine is good. I'm, I'm fine. I am fine. Um, yeah, I have my health. Knock wood. My husband is sick. Oh, no. Uh, who knows what he has okay he also keeps testing negative for co- for the coves yeah but me too he's, he's just not feeling great so you know trying to avoid getting whatever he has but good i, I have to say lately mm-hmm. i have not gotten sick when he's gotten sick what's that about i mean i think i get more sleep than he does uh-huh interesting <laughs> I don't know. Immune systems are so weird. Immune systems are wild. Like the thing I'm dealing with right now, I think I've explained like Anthony got a cold, gave it to the whole family, including me. Everybody got better, including me. And then I got a second cold. And then that started to get better. And then that changed into a third thing, which is what I'm now dealing with, which was like, it's like I just kept getting back to back to back sick. and, And I don't know if it's, this point it's maybe bacterial i don't know it doesn't matter i don't need to diagnose I, you know I don't need any diagnosis help i'm just saying it's like a fucking wild ride to just be you know to your for your body not to kind of be able to kick something which it sounds like what mm. matt is experiencing you know it's weird i want my immune system to be like beefy like i want her to be strong yeah right <laughs> and i'm trying to do all the things but like, I want yeah. like a bodybuilder immune system. I know. I know. And it's hard to know how much of that is just baked in and how much of that is actually like influenceable. You know what I mean? Yes. Like how much of it is just our lot in life, right? Yes. Like 
are the elderberry gummies really impacting my immune system? I'm going to say probably not. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to probably agree with you, but they're delicious. <laughs> well, then, you know what? It doesn't sound like they're hurting you. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I personally probably wouldn't like rely on those, but okay. If you say so, okay. Um, I mean, uh, well, Kate, before you got sick, or I guess before you got this sick, you were with friends. Yeah, I was some version of this sick with my friends, um, which, you know, I, I've been COVID testing the whole time and it's not COVID, but I was still hacking around them with this cough. Yeah, you know what? I got to spend, um, I got to see some of my, well, first I got to see some family, my little bro and my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew. And then I got to go be with my nearest and dearest group of college girlfriends together, all together for the first time in, since 2019. Wow. Wait, is that right? No, since maybe, no, I'm sorry. Wait, since 2019 or 2020? I think since Jane. Oh, no, since summer of 2000 and fuck, I don't know. <laughs> sorry, I keep trying to do the math. I think since 2019, all together, we were last together at one of our weddings in 2019. Wow. And so it's, yeah, and these are just you know my like soulmate friends in a lot of ways, and we got an Airbnb on Whidbey Island, which is in Washington. And we just had a really beautiful time. It was like incredibly emotional. I cr Okay. You know what? I was talking about how I was talking to them about how I have really been struggling to figure out if I have joy in my life. And one thing I was trying to really focus on while I was with them is being really intentional on like the joy in the moments of like the good laughs or the beauty of the ocean or just like, you know, the sea air all these things. Mm, and so yeah. I was telling, I was telling one of my friends this and she, and I said like, you know, I've really been wondering like what brings me joy in my life. And I've been afraid, like I don't have an answer. And so she suggested that we pose that question that each person answers the question at dinner on our last night. So whew, I started crying at just Aww. not like at my answer, just being with my friends. I had a great laugh um, I had like I had the kind of laugh where I was like almost out of my mind. You know when you laugh so hard you like <laughs> your pants. Yes, yes, um, totally. We were remembering how my my boyfriend came up to see me perform in a play of an audience of like four people, and uh, then he dumped me immediately afterwards. He sat next to my oh. mom and then he dumped me. Also, oh. just just for you, it was an educational play about molestation, and I played the mom. It was insane. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That was a, that was a lot that you just kind of. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's not for the pod, on. but uh, okay. so, so anyway, I had, it was really wonderful. And then I went from there to spend time with some other friends and that was incredibly special. And I had, I left early just cause I was feeling sick, but I really, I got to see one of my friends from LA in her hometown and like meet her family and, it was just like, it was so beautiful. We were on the Yuba River, which I've never been to here in Northern California. And I just was just trying to like be present and not be like, I have so much work. Mm. I shouldn't be here. I should have stayed home and done work. That was the mantra that it was in my head. And I had to really be like, 
hey, you can have these experiences in life. Like every free day of your life doesn't mm. isn't a should of you should be working. Anyway, so I was just trying to sit and observe myself, you know, just observe. Yeah. And it was really fun. So I had a, I love, I was also just reminding myself that like being around friends and being around people is an important part of taking care of myself. And it's all, it's been, you know, hard with COVID and it remains hard. And I was nervous because I had this cough cold thing, but it so far has worked out okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <clears throat> Thank you, Dory. Thank you so much. Now, mm. I did pose the question, do you believe in signs? But I think we can save that for another podcast. Okay. But I want, I want you to know I was receiving signs all weekend, and it was, like, very spooky. Whoa. But we'll talk about that some other time. Okay. Well, Kate, let's, let's get to Val, because Val, Dory. dare I say, Val is iconic. You know, I have this, like... I don't want to say like creepy fixation, but I think one thing I've done since my mom died is like search for older women who like inspire me mm. in the same way. And I was literally like, Oh, what I wouldn't give to just be your surrogate daughter Val, because she's so cool. So smart. So I know, and you and I, you and I were both definitely intimidated by her. Yeah. Because she, she contains like, I felt that she, okay, well, first of all, let's just tell you who she is. Valerie Monroe was the beauty director at O oh, the Oprah magazine for nearly 16 years. She wrote the very popular Ask Val column. She's been an editor at Ms. Red Book Self, Parenting Magazine. She's written like a trillion articles. She's the author of two books, City Kids, about raising kids in the cities and In the Weather of the Heart, which is a memoir about marriage. And she, currently writes the very popular Substack newsletter, How Not to Fuck Up Your Face, where she offers... It, it like is very, very good. It's really good. She gives philosophical and practical advice for like, as she says, anyone who's ever looked in the mirror. And her focus is like really kind of about like self-compassion. And, you know, she's, I believe in her 70s. So she's 70. She's almost 72. Yeah. So I just feel like she has had life experience that we can only dream of at this point. And she's incredibly, I think, both knowledgeable in the world, but also in sense of self. Like it felt to me like she had a very deep relationship and understanding of her true self. And that was very inspiring. Mm -hmm. She has really interesting things to say about aging and appearance and i don't know i she, she's just i really enjoyed talking to her so can i interrupt dory with one thing yes um, she discusses her skincare routine and we didn't ask her um for her product rex but you can find them all in her newsletter and we'll link them um on the website or on our show notes. But just so you know, when you hear her talking and she's going to tell you like, I do this and then I do this, this and this, um, all those recommendations are, you can be found in her Substack. So don't worry. They are out there. But the, the great thing is, is that she's really, uh, she takes a very lo-fi approach to skincare, which is very exciting and intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. We're talking no vitamin C serum. Spoiler alert. 
All right. Here's Val. Well, Val, we are so excited to have you on Forever 35. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Forever 72. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so you must have had a birthday recently because I feel like I read. Yeah. Okay, coming up. Yeah, coming up. Because you were you referred to being 71 in a recent newsletter. So Yes, yes, I said Um, something about walking along feeling, you know, being happy in my 45-year-old thoughts when I fell into a 71-year-old hole, basically. Yes, right. I I heard you talking about that. Uh, And I just had my... Yeah, speaking of my body, I had my senior senior flu shot this morning. So, um, you know, if, if I suddenly become very quiet, Better call the police. <laughs> call nine one one. I don't know no. what they put in it, but <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, well, Val, as you know, uh, we like to start off by asking our guests about a self care practice that they have. So we're wondering, what is yours? So there are a couple of things actually. Uh, one thing that's very practical that I do is um, is I have a shampoo and a blowout once a week. So. Um, this is only possible because I've been through menopause and after menopause, you don't have to wash your hair every day. You'll find, um, you know, your hair gets, um, a little bit drier. In fact, everything gets a little bit drier, but one of the nice things about it is that your hair gets a little drier, so you don't need to wash it as much. And I love to have a shampoo. I love to have somebody else shampoo my hair. So that's always, um, that's always fun. And I'm very vain about my hair. Um, and so it's nice to get, uh, a blowout uh, on a, on the regular. And I'm, I'm just like looking at myself in the computer right now and I haven't had a blow. I'm due for one. And it looks like I got caught in a, in a rainstorm or something, but. Oh no, no, your hair looks perfect. It looks actually, as you were saying this, I was like, wow, look at that hair. It's perfectly (laughs) Mm -hmm. coiffed. Yes. That's my dream. You know, I think it's really important, um, as, as women get older to pay attention to their hair. Cause I think your hair is one of the things that people notice, um, first when they, when they look at you and, um, and your, and, and if your hair is kind of, um, youthful looking, I think it really, uh, adds to your, uh, to the kind of like the energy of your appearance. So clarify this for me a little bit because you, because other, other stuff that I've read of yours, you're not, the intention is not to look younger, but it's the idea that you are how you're almost how you're being received. Is that how you would kind of define it? Because I don't feel like I've read your work and that your focus is on anti-aging or aging backwards or reversing aging. In fact, I feel like you're really about embracing where you are in life. Yeah, actually, I never use the word embracing because it, um, mm. uh, I, I find it, um, it's somewhat cliched. So, mm-hmm. Sorry, Kate. Well, I'm but, not offended. Um, but, and also it always reminds me of like hugging something, which I, I, I think, you know, when, when we were talking about age, it's very hard to like embrace your age because it's difficult. Aging is difficult. It's not really fun, you know, because there are lots of things that happen to your body when you get older, especially I'm finding that when you pass maybe the, the uh, 70 marker, things start to kind of like fall off or, you know, just give, give you a, give you a problem, um, give you problems. I, I think, um, 
what I try to get people to look at, number one is uh, to not be afraid of it, if that's possible, not be afraid of what mm. happens to your face as you get older. And then um, number two is to try to maintain um, a healthy appearance, you know, so you can look at someone who looks her age, whatever that means at 75 or, or 80, but if she looks healthy and vital, um, even if she's wrinkled, if she has crow's feet, if, if her skin is, is wrinkled, um, she's going to give off a, a different kind of have a different presence than if, um, she is, um, kind of not, not comfortable with who she is and, um, how she looks at her age. Um, I think, you know, one of the important things about uh, feeling comfortable with yourself as, as you get older is that you need to be, you need to feel comfortable with your presence. And that manifests in the way you carry yourself. It manifests in your posture. It manifests in the way you look at people, um, in the way you hold your head. It manifests in the strength of your voice, for example. And so, you know, many women say, Oh, you know, when I turned 50 or whatever, you know, I became invisible. Well, I, I think that's true to some extent that, that certain people, certain men typically stop noticing you in a particular way. I think that's because, uh, typically what our, um, beauty culture is, um, you know, um, what it prizes is youth and, and a kind of hypersexuality. And the further you get from, from those, uh, uh, ideal, um, you know, that idealized, um, notion, the harder it is, uh, to compete and the less, um, the less, um, you know, attention you're going to get. I think it's really important to feel comfortable with yourself as you get older. And as that drops away, as you can no longer compete in that arena, if you ever wanted to, um, because, uh, you'll be much happier with yourself. If you're, if you are. And I think the, and I think what you, um, one of the ways that you can, can feel more comfortable is to recognize that it's important to stand up straight, to recognize your own presence and to take up space and to look people in the eye and to hold your head up straight, um, and to feel noticed, even if you're not actually getting, you know, that you're not perceiving that's what's happening. Yeah. You, you wrote, about this um, in a recent newsletter. And I actually wrote down this quote because I thought it so perfectly captured um, kind of this feeling that I've had trouble articulating. So I'm just going to read it. Um, you wrote, when you choose to allow your age to freely manifest, I think it's an especially good idea to pay attention to your presentation, sartorial and otherwise. Why? Because it can make you feel good. Because taking time or being creative with your presentation communicates the idea that you respect yourself. And then you go on to say that um, you once wrote that smudged lipstick or lipstick on your teeth is the droopy hem of makeup. Um, and I think that might be perceived differently on an older woman because it not only suggests carelessness, but also that bugaboo as we age loss of control. I was like, Whoa. I <laughs> about like I Well, I mean all of it, but but this idea that um you know the the how how we are portray how we are putting ourselves out there to others um as we age becomes especially more significant because it also can be perceived as a marker of our own 
mental acuity um, mm-hmm. and mental and physical, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I had never really thought about it that way. So this was, this was pretty um, mind blowing for me. So I, yeah, the, uh, the way I got into that was, um, was that I saw a story in the times about, um, I think the headline was something like wrinkles, wrinkles everywhere. And I thought, Oh, cool. The times is going now writing about wrinkles, right? Well, it turned out that the Vanessa Friedman, the reporter was, is a fashion reporter. She was writing about the trend of wrinkled clothing and, um, and <laughs> wabi sabi as it relates to fashion, right? And then I, and, and then I said how, um, what a missed opportunity that might have been had the, if the, um, designers had also used women who had wrinkles. I thought maybe that would have been too matchy matchy, but it was kind of an, uh, a nice idea, I thought. Um, but then, uh, to go from there to, well, wearing wrinkled clothing for, um, a person who isn't like 30, maybe, or it doesn't look like a, you know, one of those stick figure models on the, on the runway can be somewhat, um, I wouldn't say dangerous, but it can be, um, a little bit dicey because you don't want to, you, you always want it to look as if it's a choice, right? You don't want to look as if you just pulled something out of the dryer that needed to be ironed. Um, and, and that's because as we get older, um, I think, you know, there's kind of less generosity when people look at our appearance just across Mm -hmm. the board and, and, and particularly for a woman, but I think in terms of presentation, it's really important, you know, whether you want to be creative with your presentation when you get older or you, you're very conservative, that you just make sure that um, uh, everything that you're presenting is as much as possible a conscious choice. So um, I, one of the things I said later, I think, in that post was that my mother, who lived to be 93 and she was very vital, um, the, the first, she happened to be very bosomy as she got older. And then the first thing that made me think of her as old was when I noticed that she would occasionally have a stain on her shirt. And I realized, mm. you know, when you see something like that on a younger person, it's just like, oh, careless, sloppy, whatever kind of judgment you want to make about that person. But when you see it on an older person, it kind of suggests more than that in a way. It suggests a lack of control, a lack of, um, of, you know, um, of personal attention or something. And, and I think that's why it becomes important. I mean, I, I'm somewhat ambivalent about this whole thing because it's sad right. to me that so much of our, you know, our self-worth or, you know, how, what we think about how we're perceived has to do with our presentation, basically how we dress, you know, or whether we have lipstick on our teeth mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, uh, it's really important to be conscious of that. Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because we 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 wish it were different, but part of you know whether or not we choose to participate in these systems or kind of cultural messaging, like we're still in it, and so navigating it in a way where your 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 I guess self kindness is intact seems very important, right? Because you're so, it almost sounds like you're taking control of the narrative by what you're describing. So yes. And one of the things that I think that I often um that I'm emphasizing in my posts is about self-compassion because our beauty culture is extremely mean and um it's extremely um uh uh difficult for women to feel good about themselves. 
as we participate in it. It's very hard not to participate in it because we live here, right? We live in it. Um, and what I try to do is to get women uh, to understand uh, how the beauty culture affects them in negative ways and how they can kind of titrate that so that they feel better about themselves. I mean, it, it as I was saying earlier, it gets harder as we get older uh, to feel good about yourself if you're, if, if you're participating in the beauty culture. Um, but there are ways to, to limit the detrimental effects. One of the things that I often talk about is that it's really important to learn how to see yourself without objectification. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but, um, but you know, from a very young age, girls especially are taught when they look in the mirror to objectify their face, right? Mm-hmm. And their body, but I'm just going to concentrate to focus on the face here. So that means, what does that mean? It's like you look at yourself and your face is an object to be manipulated or, um, or decorated in a way uh, to please some other person or thing. So typically I'm thinking it's the male gaze or the female gaze, right? But you're looking at yourself not as a person, but as a thing, right? The mm. distressing effect of this, you know, from the time you're like three or four, um, you know, the destructiveness on our self-esteem as we get older is unbounded. And I think it's really important to learn how to undo that, how to unlearn looking at yourself with objectification. Because no matter what you choose to do with your face as you get older, whether you choose to do something that's, you know, like moderate, if you choose to do nothing, if you choose to do something that's invasive, you know, if you choose to have a facelift, you're going to be happier with all any result. If you can see yourself with the same loving kindness, you see the people you love. So there's, there's, there's an exercise. It's called mirror meditation that you can do. I can tell you how I fell into it. If you're interested in that. Yes. I would love to hear that. So, um, when I first started at, at the Oprah magazine, they threw me a big party. It's it's not something I was accustomed to. Um, and, and at this party, there were, uh, like people who were important in the beauty industry. I hadn't been in the beauty industry before that. And, um, somebody sent me a photo that was taken at the party of me in a face-to-face conversation with the model Iman, you know, she is this gorgeous creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked at this photo and, and the way I described it was that I, I, I felt pretty good about myself. I felt excited to be in this new job and I thought I looked fine at this party. And I looked at this photo and I looked at me looking, you know, face-to-face with Iman. And I, as I described it, she was like, she looked like a, a hothouse orchid in full exotic bloom or something. And I looked like a, a parking lot daisy on a warm afternoon. And it felt so disappointing to me. And I, I looked at the photo and I put it down and I walked over to the mirror in my office and I looked into my own eyes. I had been doing a lot of personal work during this time. And I looked into my own eyes and I kept looking at myself until I actually saw myself. I saw the person who lives there. And in that moment, I just said, Oh, hi, sweetie. And I was completely relieved. I felt completely fine about this photograph. And then I discovered later that there's actually science behind that. Um, there's a, a clinical psychologist. Her name is Tara Wells. She, she does work at Barnard. She's got a book out. Unfortunately, I, I think the name of her book is Mirror Meditation, but she's done research about how looking at yourself with mirror meditation, that is looking into your own eyes in a mirror in a 
in a disciplined way over the course of time and allowing your feelings to come up can help you feel better about yourself, better about the way you look, have, it it can improve your self-esteem. And the way I think about it is that, you know, if you're a good friend and, um, and a friend comes to you to talk to you about something that's bothering her, what do you do? You listen, right? You do what's called deep listening, which is you just are fully present for her, right? Well, that's what you're doing for yourself when you're doing your meditation, when you're doing it in the, in the, the best possible way. And, and allowing yourself that kind of compassion, it, in, in my experience, and I think in, in other women's experience, it, it's possible to completely shift the way you see your face when you look in the mirror. Um, typically when we look in the mirror, we're, we're just, we automatically go to scanning our face for flaws, right? If you don't do that, you're very unusual. And if you've done mirror meditation and you learn to see your face as like you look at the face of your mother, your sister, some, your best friend, you don't scan anymore or you scan and you're conscious of it and you stop. And I think it's so critical for us to learn um, that exercise, learn how to do that so that we can feel more compassionate about ourselves, especially as we get older. Um, it really makes us happier. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation, 
with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe Capture Your Vision Through Photography with Petra Collins. Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The superpower short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get into okay, it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it, like, the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and 
so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. All right, we are back. I wanted to ask you about um, something you touched on a little bit, which is unlearning. And you know, you were beauty beauty director at O for sixteen years, um, and so you know, participating in beauty culture and, and influencing beauty culture in a really major way. And I'm wondering, now that you've been out of it for five years, um, is there anything that you look back on that you I don't, I don't want to say like regret, but that you have a different perspective on now. I'm not sure. I, because of where I was, I mean, being at the Oprah magazine, um, I didn't have the same kind of restrictions on what I could write about that other people had at other magazines because Oprah is the goose who lays the gold egg, right? So we, we didn't feel, um, uh, beholden to advertisers mm. in the way that that almost every other uh, beauty editor was beholden to advertisers. I mean, um, was I more, you know, did I write more about um, stuff, you know, that was, you know, that would encourage people to buy uh, things when I was there? Yeah, of course. Uh, that was my job, right? Yeah. Um, but I actually left the magazine when it became clear that I had lost control over um, what I could write truthfully about. Mm. Um, I feel better saying that now the magazine doesn't exist anymore, you know, the way it did. But, um, but it, but because of what happened in the magazine industry, um, I was no longer able to, to practice the kind of integrity that had been, that Oprah and the, and Amy Gross, the, uh, magazine editor had encouraged me to practice as the beauty director when I was there. Um, and and when that happened, when I couldn't write truthfully about stuff anymore, that's when I left. So, you know, I would have had regrets if I had felt like mm-hmm. I had completely lost my integrity while I was there, you know. Um, but um, but because I, w- I was able to leave, no, actually, I don't really have regrets. I mean, it's easier for me to, to write more now about, like, as I recently did about a skincare routine that there's only, you know, has only four products, which I also wanted to bring up with you guys, because I remember one of you, I, I forget whether it was you, Dory, were, talked about wanting to have a capsule skincare routine. Is that what you That's me. You That's yeah. me. Dory kind of already does. She's a little bit more streamlined. I tend to uh, have an impulsive um, pattern of behavior, Val, to put it Mm. Put it nicely, yeah. So you know, I say go for it, right? If it if you have the money and and it brings you pleasure, 
but um, but don't expect it to, to uh, improve your complexion. You know, I mean, the, the fact that you guys, you know, you like to talk about serums, I found kind of hilarious, you know, when you asked me to come on because I'm constantly telling people don't buy serums because they're a waste of money. But, you know, if you can afford a serum and you think it's doing something for you, uh, great. Um, but there isn't science, good science behind it. So, uh, okay. So let's dig into this because I do feel like, you know, over the course of the almost five years we've been doing this podcast, I think we've both become so much more educated on skincare and, um, have interviewed, you know, folks like Jessica DeFino and, and now you who really dig into this and, you put it just so like plainly and perfectly where you're like, it, it's in, it's in your Substack newsletter. Um, and I, of course I don't have it right open in front of me, but the way you just describe, it's like basic skincare steps are really all you need. Everything else, you know, like you said, if you can afford it and it makes you feel good, great. But ultimately, especially with backed up by scientific evidence, there's not much, even like a vitamin C serum, you argue like there's really not much evidence that shows it's going to do much of anything, like a little bit, but not a kind of massive difference. That, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, I just, I, lo- I really value that you are coming out and saying this because I do think we need to be talking about this a lot more because this is striking me more and more as the the ultimate truth of skincare. Mm. So Jess DeFino is way more radical than I am about this. Um, and I really admire her, but, um, but I'm, you know, I, I like to say that I'm kind of like the gentle person, you know, <laughs> I'm the gentle one to come to when you're, when you're um, on this trajectory. And, you know, Jess says at the end of her subsect, she says, you're going to die one day, no matter how old you look, how young you look or something like that, yeah. which I think it's really fun, but it's not anything I would ever say <laughs> to my readers because it's like, I don't want to be slapping them in the face. You know, you are, mm-hmm. you're going to die. You're going to die. I, I mean, we all know we're going to die. You actually talked about that recently on a, on one of your um, podcasts. And, and that's something else I think it's really important to get into on, in the beauty arena because it affects how we feel about the way we look. Mm. Um, you know, uh, in the, when I talk about about what you need in a skincare routine. Um, basically, um, I'm trying to clarify things for, for women who walk into a drugstore or, you know, they, they're watching television or, or social media, wherever they're getting their information from. And there's just so much stuff. And 99% mm-hmm. of the stuff is, I wouldn't call it crap, but it's unnecessary, right? So, so as I said in my, uh, my, the post about my own skincare routine, there is one ingredient that has been shown to be effective in reducing fine lines and wrinkles because it helps to generate collagen and elasta, and elastin, and that is a retinoid. That's a vitamin A derivative, right? And you can get a prescription retinoid and you can get an over the counter retinoid, retinol. Um, but that is one thing that will ultimately is likely to show an appreciable difference in your skin. Vitamin C serums are rec- recommended by a lot of dermatologists, and um, it's because of their anti- antioxidant um, um, uh, action. Um, but I'm not sure that, because they're very expensive, because vitamin C is hard to stabilize, I'm not sure that that uh, vitamin C serum, if you use it every day, is going to, is going to, 
show up on your skin in some way. I mean, it maybe mm. there is antioxidant activity, so maybe it's doing something. But is the price is of the serum worth the value of waiting, what you're getting in your, I don't know, right? With retinoids, I do know, or we do know. And then, you know, everything else that's on the market. I mean, um, I, I heard another very, I can't remember her name, but she's very well, edu- someone very well educated about skincare say that, um, niacinamide actually, um, does more, uh, has better antioxidant activity than a vitamin C serum, but uh, a doctors are doctors going to say you know we'll use this niacinamide serum rather than a vitamin C is just it's much more marketable you know, and marketing is so important in terms of what you guys or what we all are encouraged to buy in the beauty arena right. So anything else basically that you that you're encouraged to buy is a moisturizer. I mean, even peptides I've read don't do that much for research. They don't really, doctors don't really know, researchers don't really know how much they affect the skin. I mean, you can see some evidence that, you know, they do kind of improve, though I don't like to use the word improve, but they do have some effect on the skin. But what you get in the bottle that you buy f- online from, you know, L'Oreal or Lancome, I, I don't know how much that's affecting your skin. And, um, and so basically I just said, what I've been saying is, you know, you want to go with the straightforward with, with what, you know, what works and that's a retinoid, a moisturizer and a sunscreen, which is probably the most important thing you can put on your skin and then use a very gentle, uh, non-soap cleanser and that's it. So that's four products. And I, I read recently that, uh, I think it was the dermatologist, Renella Hirsch, um, who said something about two uh, patients who came into her office and one was someone who had just bought a, you know, $450 moisturizer and she was interested in seeing like, you know, having, having office treat, you know, office treatments and, and, um, and then another one came, another woman came in and she was a young mom and she had no time for skincare and all she was using was sunscreen and, uh, and a retinoid. She was the one who had the the far better skin care routine than the woman who was spending a fortune and maybe not using her sunscreen. But it's it's you know my sunscreen my uh, skincare routine is under fifty bucks. Costs under fifty. Yeah, bucks. and you've written about um, how you would rather save your money for in office treatments versus mm-hmm. buying expensive skincare and. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the in-office treatments that you've done that you would recommend. Yeah. And so remember that these are only treatments, the treatments that I've done that I mm-hmm. like for myself. I mean, I, I've heard, I heard a guest of yours talk, talking about clear and brilliant one day and yeah, saying, yes. I, I can't remember who that was, but she was saying, Oh, I had clear and brilliant. It was brilliant. It was so fantastic. Well, I had six clear and brilliant treatments and I might has, might as well have done nothing. So, you know, it's mm. very, very um, uh, individual, very mm. personal yep. about what you like, right? Um, a few things that I think are probably helpful across the board are radio frequency microneedling, uh, which a lot of doctors are liking these days. And I've had it a number of times, and I just like the way it kind of evened out my skin tone. 
um, it's, it can't, it's, if, if you don't know what it is, it's, um, uh, your face is punctured with lots of, I don't know, 60 teeny weeny little needles all over your face after you're numbed. And there's an, um, a radio frequency device that's attached to it. So it's, it has been shown to also to help, um, generate collagen and elastin, which are the, you know, the foundations, what holds your skin up basically. Um, I like that. And, um, and there's something called intense pulse light, uh, which is a much gentler treatment. I mean, it feels like rubber band snapping across your face that is very good for if you have like little, um, uh, broken blood vessels, which a lot of women develop over time and that gets rid of them. So that's, that's a, those are two treatments I think that work pretty well across the board. You know, anything that you go into and expect like a huge difference um, about is just useless. It's not going to happen. I mean, one of my favorite dermatologists, her name is S.D. Williams. Um, she's very, very honest and very straightforward. And she said in um, a recent post, she told me the, the, the less the device has to do, the better it works. Now think about oh. that for a minute. Wait a second. Mm, Hold right? on. My my brain is spinning a little bit. The less the device has to do. The less it has to do, the better it's going to work. So that means It's kind of like the, kind of like all those kitchen tools that like do a million things. Mm. Like you're better off just getting one. Does like actually one thing. actually Sorry. it's not quite it's not quite that. It's more that okay. if you go in with with uh, a big job for the device the results are going to be far less effective or, you know, appreciable than if you go in expecting just a little tightening. So if you have a little bit of jowling, okay, something like soft wave is going to do more than if you go in, you know, with full uh, turkey neck and full swing, then it's not going to, then you're not going to see much. Right. Okay. So that's one thing it's important to remember. These things are not cheap. And, you know, what, what you always want to be thinking about is, am I, what am I getting for the money? So mm. I always mm. ask a doctor, what is it going to do for me? I'm a 71, 72 year old person. This is what my skin is like now. Um, how much of a difference am I going to be able to see? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, typically, I mean, for somebody like me who has, I haven't had surgery except for a skin cancer surgery on my face. Um, uh, typically for me, the, the difference is in the skin tone. And my goal now is to look, is to have healthy looking skin. And I'm going to have some jowling. I'm going to have some wrinkling. I have crow's feet. I don't, I do Botox on my forehead twice a year because I like the way it gives my forehead, my eyes a kind of lift, but I don't let the doctor touch my crow's feet because I think crow's feet are the most beautiful wrinkles because you get them from smiling. And, um, and, and there's something very important about that, by the way, which is mm. um, if you have too much Botox around your, your eyes um, to try to get rid of crow's feet, it interferes with a full smile, which is called a Duchenne smile. And it means that you can't, you can't actually smile a full smile. And uh, if that weren't bad enough, it means that when you're, when you're talking to somebody and you're smiling, that person isn't can't receive from you uh, the effects of what a full smile would would communicate. 
So it basically mm-hmm. limits your ability to communicate your happiness to somebody else. When you can, there's a neural loop so that, you know, that person feels your happiness and you get it back. But if you're, if your Botox too much around the eyes and you can't do a full smile, it kills that. So it's not just mm-hmm. a, an appearance issue. It's also, you know, um, when you're thinking about beauty treatments, there's also, um, you know, like a neurosociological issue too. Yeah. I love that. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Okay, we're back. I wanted to circle back just to something that you mentioned about um, how sunscreen is such an effective tool. 
And you had a really funny line in one of your newsletters, which was, um, I have it in front of me. I found it. You wrote, come to think of it. No one has ever asked me about whether sunscreen does what it's touted to do or if it's worth it, if it's worth the expense. I hope that's because you don't need to be encouraged to use it, which this hit home something that I, I mean, I, I personally believe, but I feel like we've talked about a lot is like, really is sunscreen is really the the like the key right like sunscreen is the thing mm-hmm. you should have in your skincare routine every day and and again i think i i would ask if you think it needs to be a fancy one or a drugstore one is great um but that to me it's like that's the tool that's the thing we all need and the fact that people are overlooking it i'm sure they're still using it but kind of overlooking it for like the exciting um serums as we've done in the past <laughs> is very uh funny but also like very relatable to how i behave yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, and, um, I, uh, in terms of the, yes, you're right that it's the one thing that you should be using that will, will, will keep your complexion in the healthiest, uh, shape possible. I mean, uh, yes, sunscreen. I mean, it's more important actually not to expose your face to the sun, right? So wear a hat if you can. Um, and you know, you're not supposed to go out between 10 and not, you're supposed to avoid sun exposure between 10 and two, which to me is not, it's not realistic, but, um, but yes. So like keeping your face out of the sun is a really good idea. And then, um, uh, wearing a good sunscreen and by good, I mean, it, it's broad spectrum. It says, so it's got UVA, UVB, um, protection and it's at least uh, SPF 30. I, I wore an SPF 15 for years and years. And I'm sorry I did. I'm wearing a 30 now. Um, mm. anything up to, I mean, 30, 45 is great. Anything greater than I think about 50, it's the, the difference that it makes. I'm not positive about this, but I think the difference it makes in your protection isn't that great. But, um, that's the main thing. And you can get a great sunscreen at the drugstore. You don't have to spend a lot on, um, on a, on a sunscreen because, um, the, the most important thing about the sunscreen you buy is that you wear it, right? Um, and it doesn't have to be fancy. Um, I thought you were going to say when you, when you remember something that you thought was funny, I wrote was what I, I typically say about, um, you know, the importance of wearing sunscreen. If you take a look at your bottom, uh, you're likely to, uh, recognize a missed opportunity. <laughs> Because if you if you're not a nude sunbather, you know your bum is probably not ever seeing the sun, and uh, and you'll notice that the skin on your bum is probably uh, very soft and um, and kind of clear uh, and uh, very different from the skin on your face because your face is exposed. I sorry to use this word, but I'm like a psycho about sun protection. So I see um, you're very, you're very pale. I'm very pale. And my dad has had some skin cancer stuff. And so just, I've just been, especially in the last few years, I've been really, just really careful about it. It's the best thing Um, you can do for your skin. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's also obviously a a health issue. It's not, you know, as we all know, it's not just about <clears throat> how our skin looks. It's about skin cancer. Um, yeah. So I, I do try <laughs> to, to do it. Although I, I have noticed lately that like, I'm very vigilant about my face, but like yeah. arms, you know, like yeah, <laughs> the rest of my body, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, um, definitely not as consistent. So yeah. um there's something that the Skin Cancer Foundation um, has on their website that's really um, 
mind boggling, which is that 99% of skin aging is due to sun exposure. I wanted to ask you about how else you've cultivated um, self-compassion in in your life. It sounds like that became an important practice to you at, at some mm. point. I would, I'd love to know just if you've done other things um, or if that's a big, something that you've focused on in the, in recent years. Uh, in recent years. Yeah. Recent being the last 30 years. Yes. That it counts. Has yeah. <laughs> when my husband and I uh, were married just a couple of years, he, he was an identical twin and um, his brother um, became addicted to drugs and killed himself. And, um, and my husband then kind of started to move along that same trajectory. Um, and so during that time that our marriage was very challenging and, um, and I was in, we were both in a lot of pain and I started doing some personal work. And during that time, I realized a lot of things about, you know, the way I was raised. And this again is something I think you guys, I've heard you guys talk about before, but Something that I, that I thought of when I was listening to you is completely unbeauty related, but, um, but my mother suffered from eczema the whole time she was carrying me. And when I was born, it went away. And I, I think maybe you, you might have been talking about the relationship between the mind and the skin, maybe with Jess. I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. but, but when I was born, my grandmother said to my mother, oh, all you needed was a little girl to make you feel better. And that was like the story of my life. It was like I was put on earth to make people feel better, right? So like many women, I thought my role was to make you feel better, no matter what I felt, mm-hmm. to make you feel better. You know, I I took a back seat to all that. And when I was doing uh, my work in therapy, which I highly recommend, um, I realized that it wasn't necessary to live my life that way. And basically what I did in therapy, and I wrote about this and I have a memoir. I wrote a memoir called In the Weather of the Heart. It's a story of my marriage. Um, I basically in therapy, I re-raised myself. So I reparented myself in a much more compassionate way. And I think the uh, uh, there was a moment in my therapy when um, – I was going through talking about something that I had done as a child. And my therapist said to me, I, my son then was a a very small, like about, I don't know, three or four maybe. And, and my therapist said, well, how would you feel about your son if your son did that? And, and in that moment, my heart just completely broke open with compassion. And I thought, Mm. oh, of course the way I feel about him is the way I should feel about myself. What's the difference, right? It completely changed my life. I related, started relating to people, not just my family, but everyone in a completely different way. And in in a way, I mean, instead of walking on eggshells my whole life, I began walking on on the solid earth and felt much more grounded. And, and it wasn't until I got into the beauty industry um, and I saw the the consequences of that kind of um, you know distortion of self image as it related to mm-hmm. beauty um, that that piqued my interest in helping women feel more compassionate about the way they felt in the beauty arena and in beauty culture. Oh, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I I, I think yeah. that's so important because 
it's hard to kind of challenge this narrative of the beauty industry that is predicated upon all of us thinking that something is wrong with us and that there's something that we need to constantly be improving. And it, it works against self-compassion in that way. And so I think kind of starting with self-compassion, like you, like you were saying is, is just so important. Um, for those of us who might want to still participate in beauty culture, but come at it from a different perspective. Um, well, Val, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was yeah. such a wonderful conversation and so um, I hope that we can, we can keep talking. Where can our listeners find you if they want to subscribe to your newsletter and follow along with your work? So the newsletter is called how not to fuck up your face and you can read it at valeriemonroe.substack.com. So that's V-A-L-E-R-I-E-M-O-N-R-O-E at substack.com. It's so good. You should there. definitely subscribe. Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys. All right. oh, well, thank you Thanks so a much. Lot. Well, I mean, Dory, I think we could have talked to her forever. I mean, we say this a lot. Uh, yeah, I know. But really with her... That was your like immediate There's, text to me after after we got off. I'm just going to scroll back through my text messages just to see. Just to see here what you said. Uh, uh, uh. You said, I'm obsessed with her <laughs> in a text. And I said, hard same. Uh, well, you're so know, cool. I tell it like and it is. You do. And you have a big heart. And I like that you love our guests, but I just thought she was the coolest. I really hope we get a chance to talk to her again. Likewise. Now, Kate. Yepity. How did, how did it go getting your vitamins and supplements organized last week? Pretty good, but I can already feel the system crumbling. So I have to like get back to it. I have to like, I have to figure out what my, this is where, where I'm at in life. I'm figuring out what my systems are. Shout out to the amazing, I have to just shout them out, the Forever 35 ADHD Facebook group. I cannot tell you what this group has meant to me, Dory. I really cannot. It's such a fantastic resource. If you're in the group and you're listening, thank you. I love you. You have helped me so much. Even though I don't always chime in, I'm just always there lurking and learning. And I... I'm really starting to understand that like I need to form habits and systems in order to stay on top of things. So um, mm. I know you'll hear about this shortly, but that's something I need to figure out with these like vitamins and supplements. So, and um, me- mental health medications, because you know, your girl takes a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm. it's okay. It's just, I need to kind of figure out like once I'm at the end of the week, when do I restart? Like I need to sit down and create an experience of putting all the pills in their proper place. Okay. All right. Well, this is good. That was you, a like, long-winded answer. You're, you're, you're like getting your systems in place. Yes. And that leads me to my intention for this week, which is to write down my systems and my workflow. So you'll see, I actually started doing this yesterday. I'll show you the piece. I mean, this is just for you. It's just a piece of paper with notes. Mm-hmm, but what mm-hmm. I actually have been really trying to figure out is like what apps work for me in helping me keep my life together and then what are the what are the daily steps um that I follow in utilizing them because one thing I think that happens when you kind of get into this like working on like figuring out your ADHD brain 
is all these different like ADHD coaches and influencers have different app suggestions. Like, oh, I use Notion. I use Asana. I use Trello. And then you go and you download all of them. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to make this work for me. So I took a step back yesterday and I was like, well, what, what already works for me and how can I capitalize on those things rather than thinking I need to go and learn a new app or whatever. So for me, that's Google Calendar, that's Apple Reminders and Apple Notes and um, figuring out, you know, how I'm going to use those things to really kind of create some organizational um, and, and, uh, structural systems for me. So I'm excited. It feels good to be working on those things. <sighs> anyway, okay. that's where I'm at this week. Shifting gears. How did it go over there? Organizing stuff to sell. It did not go, which is why I am re-upping this intention for next week. Great. That is like <laughs> intentions have long shelf lives, you know, shelf lives. Yeah, shelf lives. Shelf lives. You don't need to do sure. it in a week. Good for you. I'm excited. What are you doing? Clothes, shoes, house? What is it? I mean, it's at this point, it's just everything. It's, it's just, everything. It's, okay. I'm drowning. Kate, I'm drowning. Got it. I, I hear you. So, I'm, sorry to, I'm sorry to hear that. I gotta just, I gotta just buckle down and do it. Okay. Well, I have seen you do this before and I know you are very good at moving stuff. So like moving stuff out. So I believe in you. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the support. Um, all right. Well, Kate, it's been a pleasure as always. And let's just remind everyone that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dorisha Freer, and you, Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager, our network partners, ACAST. Talk to you all again soon. Bye.